0: Welcome everyone to another episode of The Roman Show, the last one for the month of January 2021 to kick off the week on uh, January 24th. And we're excited. We're excited because we are going to welcome uh, a a band that perhaps you, maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. Either way, we give you uh, that first listen and understanding of the band. That's Ascent Like Wolves joining us right here on The Roman Show Coming up next, that and a whole lot more.
1: Step down to the get down. Alright, whenever you're ready, you're ready. Five seconds to the open. Chris, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the Booster. Go. Retro. Go, Go. Go. idle. Go. 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 We're going to fly guidance. Surgeon. Go fight.
0: We're going fly GNC. We're going. Don't get don't control. Go.
1: Go. 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 We are going to the Roman Show with your
0: host Rodolfo. Welcome back, everyone! It's another episode of the Roman Show. Appreciate the love and the support. Uh, let me just pick a little cup of coffee here on uh, morning as I record this podcast. But i need to remind everyone that this program is brought to you by our good friends of Fusion CBD. FusionCBD products.com is the website. I've used these products myself. The aches and the pains and the soreness makes. It all goes away. Thanks, away thanks to CBD. FusionCBD. that's FusionCBDProducts.com. Shave your pubes down there, gentlemen. Valentine's is around the corner. We have to make a good presence. Head on over to Manscaped.com and purchase your Manscaped lawnmower to show and have a very good look uh, when you get down to action. Hear me talk about it all the time. The so right, P S O R I T E. That's so right. A very easy tool to use, very simple and very effective. In fact, one of the guys that support this product is Michael Chandler, who made his UFC debut on this weekend's UFC pay per view, and we'll talk about that later on today. So head on over right now. P S O hyphen R I T E. That's so right. And lastly, gentlemen. We talked about shaving. Well, you got to smell fresh and you got to get yourself a bottle of Ball Wash. That's Ball Wash, a very, very amazing product that makes you just feel all right. Head on over now, BallWash.com. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on the program. We're back at it again. Last one of the month of January. Uh, 2021 as this year already started with a bang if you want to say maybe that's a little too harsh but it started very challenging to say the least As everyone thought that we were going to have a break from 2020 it's not the case things are still not quite as pretty as you might have predicted or wanted so We have to just stay the course, stay positive. That's all we can do. Hell, we're already almost half a million dead in the United States due to the uh, Chinese or coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, it's just now a a matter of ourselves taking care of each other. It's still to this day, I, I don't understand why people are just selfish. They want to celebrate their birthdays and their, I don't know, retirement parties or whatever the hell. And they invite their friends over without masks, no social distance. One person brings the coronavirus and boom, there goes them dying. Down goes that person. Uh, In fact, I read a story in San Diego where they were celebrating the birthday for a 75-year-old and he was the first one to go. Someone brought the virus and unfortunately this man got the coronavirus from the person that came to over to his house to celebrate the birthday and unfortunately he got COVID and he died speaking of death unfortunately the late the legendary Larry King passed away I was a very fond um Follower or or really appreciated Larry King for what he did as a journalist. Uh, he he set the bar when it came to interviews. When you when you tuned in to CNN and watched Larry King's show, uh, it it was it was it it wasn't news. It was just a conversation. It was a talk, and that's what really set him apart. Although there's some debate that Howard Stern. Is the best interviewer of all time. And it's true. He's the best. And one of the best. But you got to give credit where credit is due. And that's Larry King. He's, he's, he's been at this for a very long time as well. Either way. The man passed away. 87 years old. He had the COVID-19. Although they're not saying that that's what killed him. But. He had been diagnosed or received the virus back uh, in December last year. And uh, unfortunately, well, he passed away, Larry King, at uh, 87 years old. Interviewed some of the greats, uh, really did not step back. And remember he interviewed Chris Jericho uh, when they had the conversation about Chris Benoit when he passed away due to the uh the, the they 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 blame the uh, steroids and so forth uh but yeah the, the guy and the guy kept going he he held the show afterwards in another uh, uh station or network he interviewed jericho again uh, and he's other he's interviewed other other athletes and and musicians including hell snoop dogg you <laughs> who would have thought that uh but he he left. He definitely left a legacy here, and much appreciate what he did to the world, in the world, the professional professionalism and journalism. Um, he he interviewed the creme de la creme when it came to top politicians and world leaders. People who wouldn't want to speak to our leaders, he spoke to. He brought them to the table and spoke to them on TV. He was not about standing sides or, or supporting one side or the other. He just wanted to have a conversation. And one thing I noticed or heard during uh, the coverage of his death is that he never read a book if he was interviewing someone, like an author. He just, boom, let's go, let's talk. And I found that approach quite interesting because you know, when I have an interview here when I have an interview I, I take my time and I, I research and take a look but this man live TV CNN one hour doesn't read anything he always wanted to treat these interviews as a normal conversation as if you were to meet a stranger on the street and I think that's a great approach and something that perhaps maybe is not used anymore because we're so uh, we want to show that we know but in all honesty, it's the person who knows everything because that's a person that's being uh, interviewed or on the spotlight. So quite interesting approach from Larry King and, and much to learn about him. Uh, so if you are a journalist student or if you are a person who loves journalism just because for the hell of it or likes uh, um, history of media, uh, Larry King definitely will go down as a, a legendary person in this world of this profession. All right, let's pick stuff up here, huh? Let's let's line ourselves up. So, uh, let's talk about a little pro wrestling first. The Undertaker went on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, and it was like a three-hour conversation. Three hours. Talked about all different things. And one thing that really caught my attention was that he found that the current product now uh, he, he had a few words about it, but he said he commented that it was quote soft, that it was not the same anymore. Not only the product, but the men in the locker room. He said that he walked into the locker room and back in the day there were just men, you know, healing their woo their wounds. Uh their wounds are or, or, or men being men and now he walks into a locker room and it's people playing video games now i can attest to that i am not as old as uh, the undertaker but i was in a locker room not too long ago in the in one of these in the independent shows and you're right some, some of these dudes uh, are not they're just some of them are childish. They're not manly men as uh, the undertaker states. It seems like we're, we're we're getting away from that look, feel, ambience. sure we change with time but for men we do need our manliness whether it's pro wrestling or 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 anything and see this and i'll go out here and say it right here on on, on the spot but maybe i get some some backlash after this but whatever who cares uh i've been a ring announcer for for um Mixed martial arts, boxing, combat sports. Hell, even football, believe it or not. And uh, I've done a couple of pro wrestling. I was doing major league wrestling, some of these independent shows. But I'll be honest. After doing a few, I I, I felt uh, distaste for wrestling. Because back to what The Undertaker was saying. In the locker room, man, it was just a bunch of fighting and whining, and more from the men than the women. The women, the women were cool. I mean, they were they were really focused and, and strategizing their match, but men were just whining and, and complaining. Some were talking about video games, taking selfies recording themselves putting on their their boots or they're they're fixing their hair or or putting on some uh, rubbing um oil whatever but that's what they're doing instead of maybe doing some squats or maybe stretching that's what they were doing just almost right before their match so i remember telling myself that As a kid, I remember seeing these wrestlers, and they were just hardcore, man. They were people that you wanted to grow up to be like. They were men. They were strong. They weren't afraid to get punched in the face or bleed because they knew they could get right back up on their feet. Instead, now, you got a cut in a match. You go in the back, and you start complaining and whining why that happened instead of just apologizing like, man, moving on. Hey, I'll get you next time. So, I can agree with The Undertaker, of course, not to the level, (laughs) but I can agree. So, I I, I told myself when it comes to pro wrestling and announcing, I I really just had a, a, a different feeling towards it and not that I won't do it again, but I just felt out of place in that locker room because, again... I didn't see that manliness from these men. Instead of just talking about video games and playing, I don't know, saying Kumbaya. Instead of focus, being focused and preparing for a battle. And I don't care if it's scripted, but if you have that mentality, then you know you're going to have a hell of a match. So I can see where The Undertaker is going with this. And then Drew McIntyre came out and said that he <laughs> he understood his comment not that the men were manly, but that the story writing was that, not that path or that route that made the characters seem weak. I tend to agree here with the Undertaker. I'm glad that he 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 didn't hold back and he called these everyone out. Um, to some degree, I do have to agree with Drew McIntyre. It's not their fault. I'm sure that some of them do want to do some great battles inside the ring, but because of the writers, they are basically handcuffed. I agree with that. but at times you could see the softness coming out so hopefully the undertaker as a a veteran and a person with much knowledge in the game can make his way through in here somehow some way and let these people know and understand that, listen, we need to shape up. We need to change our look. We need to change our style. We need to change our approach. And let's give these guys or or fans some good old pro wrestling. And one guy that have that, that actually has said something like this is Jim Cornette. He's another guy that has been saying this in a ve- in a very long for a very long time. I know many. I know Jim Cornette gets a lot of heat, but the, the, that is the truth. He's Undertaker is not the person to just say this. There's others who have felt the same. And what goes in the locker room is seen inside the ring. Do you agree with the Undertaker? Do you think that what you see on television or the last time you saw a live event? Did you consider it soft? Did you consider it unentertaining? Did you consider it boring? Did you consider it as a, a lack of testosterone when it comes to two men battling? Did you think that they were just playing around, playing hopscotch inside the pro wrestling ring? I'd love to hear from you. Info at the show.com That's info at com is the website. Send me a, an email or send us a tweet at theromanshow. Facebook is uh, the Roman Roman Show Media or an Instagram Roman Show Media. Write your comments. We want to hear you. Is the product soft? And I'm not just talking about WWE. I'm also mentioning AEW. Okay, we've seen AEW, uh, all these colors and this dancing and this. Let's let's face it. Wrestling in general. Wrestling in general. Except except. I want to say, the New Japan Pro Wrestling is at a different level. Now, those dudes are crazy. <laughs> you are saying about that. All right, let's move forward here. We're going to welcome Ascent Like Wolves. Coming on right now on the Roman show, Ascent Like Wolves. They uh, all the way from Pennsylvania. They, uh, uh, perhaps you have not heard of the band, but no worries. They have released... A uh, couple of singles in light of their upcoming album, which is appro- approaching. They released already Poison, the single Poison, Bloom, Death Effect, all being released as we get ready for the anticipation of their latest record uh, coming here in just a few. So, coming up next on The Roman Show, the boys of Ascent Like Wolves. Hey. 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 Welcome back everyone to the Roman Show and uh, all the way from Pennsylvania. We have the drummer of Ascent, like Wolves, Cody, joining us on the line. Their new album drops in February, February 19th to be exact. Mystic ors but... They're giving us a little bit of a, a couple of teases already as they've been dropping some songs uh, on uh, your favorite platform there that you use. One of them being the most recent one, Poison. Um, and I got to tell you, it's a banger. Cody, thanks so much for joining us right here on the program. How you doing, man?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we just dropped uh, Poison today. Um, it's our fourth new single for uh, the album that comes out in February. Um it's uh it's on Spotify's a uh, new core playlist and new metal tracks if you want to check it out, but it's available on all streaming platforms.
0: I, I gotta tell you, it, it's definitely a hard hitting song there, poison and, and, and from what I from what I grabbed from it from from I've read from it, it says it talks about a collapsing relationship. Um tell me a little bit about the lyrics behind that. I I can really kind of relate to that whole Just a a lyric that you say i i I choose to drink the poison i think that we've been most of us some of us have been in relationships where we know it's it's horrible but we choose to like you say drink that poison because for whatever reason and then hopefully you snap out of it and you realize man i should have never drank that thing um but tell me a little bit about that the 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 lyrics behind it and and is it does it hit close to home or, or the band itself or yourself
1: um, I think everybody can kind of relate to that. Anybody who's really cared for somebody or been in a relationship where kind of you both kind of you both kind of see that it's falling apart, but like at the same time, like you don't want to have the acceptance of that because you care about each other so much still that you don't want to hurt each other, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the song "Poison" stresses the helpless feelings of a collapsing relationship between two people that were seemingly perfect for one another. Thematically, it also highlights the miscommunications and low points that lead to the situation. All good things must come to an end in the long run. It's a really sad song.
0: <laughs> I, I I could definitely hear it. So, what's the gist of Mystic Auras? Again, you've released some of the so- some of the singles already, but in a nutshell, what would you see say that that uh, we, you were going for a message? You're going for in general with the album, as we anticipate its arrival very soon.
1: Um, our our vocalists uh, Nick and Al uh, actually they're they're brothers, uh, so that really helps with the collaboration. We have uh, two vocalists. Um, they did a great job of kind of putting the concept behind this album, and I guess the overlying concept I would say was the uh, like what drives people's desires in life, whether they be good desires or bad desires, um, bad desires, and kind of the destructive nature of all
0: of them. And 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 can you yourself? kind of gets in other words they hit close to home on your end and when they write these the album itself um you say about the 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 vocalist the brothers that they get together and and collaborate but how much like like yourself the drummer uh has an input there uh, as far as the lyrics goes yeah for
1: sure i mean these guys are like my brothers in a sense as well um i mean i've with them as well and I've, I've seen uh, I've definitely kind of I know some of the things that they're talking about my personal life struggles that kind of relate to the music and uh, I've seen them go through these things that invoke these lyrics um, and myself personally I mean I, I've I felt all these things too I mean we're kind of a really core group of friends as well as like a, being in the business of a band as well and uh, yeah I mean, I think uh, we, we all kind of relate To all the things That they're saying In all these songs um,
0: So 2013 2016 and those were Your last albums How has the band Changed and matured Over over the time With this album Coming it's, into play it's, Each album I think Has significant growth Kind of just As we're growing As people And musicians
1: And just kind of Like the genres are kind of expanding and innovating on their own um the first album in 2013 I actually wasn't on that album I joined the band in 2014 and I tracked uh, Frigid Future." um our 2018 album uh, EP Spirit Vessel and then this new one Mystic Oros I have a big role in all the writing of that um but and the story goes it's kind of like your angsty like metalcore album like pretty straightforward kind of like Escape the Fate like uh Almost kind of crab chorus, you know, <laughs> attack attack kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. Got some features from Franz from Attila on there, which is pretty cool. And uh, Ricky Armolino from uh, the band Mercy Apocalypse. He's now in the band Hulk. Um, then uh, 2016, we kind of think really started to grab hold of what our sound is. Um, Nick, our second vocalist, Al's brother actually joined the band in a uh, right after. And the story goes was tracked. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually why we ended up reissuing that album with all the mixed vocals on, just because we feel like it didn't really serve our band the justice without having mixed uh, screams on there. Um, but yeah, for just Future, the 2016 album, um, that's the one I, I started with with them. It, uh, I think it incorporates a lot more technicality. There's like a lot more, like, I guess you could say, like gen and like kind of prog elements mixed in with the kind of emo, screamo, mm-hmm. alternative themes. Um, Spirit Vessel the EP in 2018 gets uh, we really kind of tried to mess around with like heavier tones we we started using uh, F sharp tuning um, 7 string guitars and uh, really kind of focused on like a duality between like really clean kind of like angels and airways kind of like dotted 8th note delay parts and uh, like clean parts and ambience mixed with like really really heavy chug tones um, from the guitars um, and then uh, That album's pretty We actually, we actually got a real Shida From uh, uh, Crystal Lake to feature on that one Which is pretty sick And yes. then um, That
0: band's awesome Man Well you know what <laughs> You skipped you, you skipped I'm gonna have to skip now Since you missed Since you missed uh, Rayu I actually got to see them In Japan um, They were all That's touring awesome. Yeah man And it's it's insane, uh, uh, you know, and, and you guys, you, you guys have toured in Japan, and you, you kind of know how that, that whole and atmosphere is. There. Just the energy is yeah.
1: just, it's like, I don't, I don't know, I think that, I think that here in the U.S., we have it too good with bands, like, we're just almost oversaturated with bands touring and stuff, where, like, when you go to, like, other countries, like, we've been to Japan, China, South mm-hmm. Korea, um... They just—they don't. It's really hard for international bands to get over there. So, like when they do have a band come over there, they just go nuts. It's—it's it's awesome. We actually had um, the pleasure of uh, Rio actually ended up coming to uh, our last show um, in 2018 and our final date in Japan and, and, uh, in Tokyo. He actually surprised us and uh, jumped on stage and uh, actually did Angel Rath with us, which was awesome. And then um, their first show in the United States. Uh, last in I think it was 2019 uh-huh. we actually uh, we have to play with him in Philadelphia and he also got to do a feature with us which was uh, it was just so cool probably one of my favorite show was just kind of seeing that guy just jump on stage out of nowhere like not expecting him to be there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that guy the guy definitely has a lot of energy so how did you guys uh, get this collaboration going through Rio and and, and I took note that to here when your album uh, um the 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 second album, uh, back in in, in twenty sixteen, which was a uh, frigid future, it was a, a pretty trending album in Japan. So, how how would what would you attribute that to?
1: I honestly, I I, I really attribute a lot of it to just like the personal connection, like my vocalist uh, Al has with a lot of these Japanese artists out there. Like we have um. We have a bunch of friends over there in the bands. Well, I'm just going to shout out a few: uh, Sailing Before the Wind, Pale Dusk, Fode, Mild Rage, um, Abstracts—all incredible bands. Um, I think it's just, uh, it just—we we got up. before we signed the Weird thing back in 2015. We actually first got picked up by a Japanese, uh, a smaller Japanese label called Maxstream Records,
0: mm. which um, really kind of paved the way for us really getting in there with.
1: too for um all other territories besides japan and uh part of the contingency with signing the master records was we gave them two unique b-side songs so there's actually two more set like wolf songs that are like specific only to japan um and they're kind of hard to find and then um we also were going to go tour over there and they set us up in um tower they set us up with so much help from tower records and uh Yeah, it just did great. They set us up with R&R tours then, too, and we just were able to do really well over there. We ended up going in 2016 with uh, the the French band uh, Shoot the Girl First, awesome band, Um, and they invited us back then in 2018, as well as China, and... uh, crazy <laughs> we're hoping to go back again we just gotta see what's going on uh, the craziness of the yeah
0: world right now who I knows mean, what the hell that'll happen <laughs> i know we, we just have to be patient but you know he, here's one interesting thing and, and maybe you, I, I would love to pick your ear on this listening to other bands you know we talk about this japanese bands, we talk about these french bands um some some folks here in america it's thankfully for like services like Spotify and Apple Music and all that good stuff, we're able to reach out and hear or listen to those bands. But if you really have an open mind, it's kind of quite amazing uh, the type of, of metal that exists outside of here, outside of the United States, outside of North America, hell, even in South America. It's, it's quite amazing stuff.
1: I love it. Even, like, that's just the, like, a thing I love about touring is just kind of getting like, the culture behind all the music um it's just even in the united states even going from like different states like there's def- definitely influences that different states mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. like I, i'm personally really blessed uh, that we my bands from Lancaster, pennsylvania we have like such an incredible music scene out here like so many people right. just pushing each other to get better and better but um Jap- yeah, Japanese bands are just like, they're like their own animal, man. They I remember the first time we went up, the first show we played over there, we were watching all the locals play, and oh my god, we just looked at each other, and we're just like, why are we even here? <laughs> <laughs> like, they just were, like, the energy behind them, just like, ah, it was just crazy. We, we straight up, I feel like, leveled up that's <laughs> we did that tour just because we had to step up so much to compete with these Japanese bands.
0: Yeah, C- crossfaith is another one that uh, it's pretty cool out there as well. Um, that that just brings brings the the top level energy, and and, and you know the the fans. It's just it's a whole different reaction. And anyone listening to this, if they ever get an opportunity, whenever the hell we're able to get or feel comfortable in a plane, get out of here and go enjoy a concert um, outside of the United States. Cause it's, it's it's quite awesome. But but back to the album, so did you guys produce this or write this during this whole pandemic or was this already kind of in the oven before it started?
1: We've actually been like, we've had some of these parts pre pro'ed since like, uh, I'd say like 2018 actually. And then we've, we've been really writing it since 2018, mainly 2019. And then we touched it up in, uh, in like the summer of uh, 2020, but it was mainly all written in uh, 2019. It was just a matter of uh scheduling
0: studio time. It was kind of rough with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and I know Pennsylvania had it pretty tough with the lockdown. So how were you guys able to put this stuff together going into studios? Did you go in the studio last year? um, Or or did you guys work remotely Zoom-wise or or any of these other uh, platforms that people have been using nowadays? Luckily, the bulk of our
1: album was recorded in 2019. Uh, so like we we had a uh, three sessions in total that we were able to get into. So the first one was in the beginning of 2019. The second one, the main one, was uh, in the fall, and then that was pretty much completely written. Then we went in to touch up the album and like add like a few like you know, like two instrumental songs. Um, in June, and that, that was pretty interesting. So it was just like a socially distanced uh, studio time. This <laughs> is <it> just awkward. <laughs> yeah, it was really awkward. And I mean, the studio they we were producing and they kept uh, having to change just because uh, they just kept having to move their studio just from complications <laughs> from the pandemic and whatnot. But uh, it was. It was interesting but i mean it came out incredible uh huge shout out to, uh atrium audio carson slowback and uh, grant McFarland for uh, producing pretty much all of our music they're in my opinion like metalcore gods
0: <laughs> <laughs> where, where, do, where do you see now that the metalcore scene going um as of 2021 maybe it's just me but but it seemed kind of like slowing down or do you think it's picking up So differently you know like
1: i've heard bands like not loose being considered mm-hmm. metalcore than like bands like sleeping with sirens becoming like labeled as metalcore you know where mm-hmm. it's like such a contra- contrast but to me i i really think like the bulk of the metalcore is kind of going towards like this uh like coming quote unquote new core sound like there's if you look on the spot there's like a spotify playlist called it it's just uh all the bands are all kind of like have this new like kind of it's almost like an arena rock mixed with like I don't know like really heavy toned guitars and ambience uh, like ambient tone parts and stuff I I really kind of see it going towards that but um I don't know it always keeps surprising me like I mean just because the strip metalcore being so broad um, me personally my favorite metalcore album of last year I'd say is Kingdom of Giants Passenger Uh, Hmm. that album was so fresh in my opinion it incorporated a bunch of tropes of uh metalcore as a whole all put together and i thought it was just really good um, i think uh records is really killing it with startings and uh i think era is doing really well too with like kind of
0: keeping metalcore really trendy and fresh and keeping the way for new things to come yep yeah, because i find so too some some bands they they start off metalcore and then they they kind of lean towards another another genre of rock. Uh, one at the top of my head yeah. that I could just think of: uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Right, they're mainstream. You know, they started really really dark and heavy. Then they went metalcoreish. Then I don't know what the hell they went. And then it seems like they're back again. So it's kind of like they're up and down. They're changing. Yeah, their new album is incredible. In my mm-hmm. opinion, i I,
1: I know people give Bring Me the Horizon a lot of shit from their kind of like. I guess you could say inconsistency with sound, but to me, I don't really think that's the case. I think they're just kind of growing as people, as musicians, and they're just trying to kind of stay on top and do things new. Like, I mean, every time they put out an album, it basically changes the course of metalcore some somewhere or another, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really thought that Kingslayer song with Baby uh, yes. Metal, what a cool feature. Oh, my God. Agreed. <laughs> I, no, agreed. That, that was, wow. <laughs> it's amazing it's how they like can... Yes, but it, it's so cool and heavy, and and with the vocals of the baby metal, and then it, it's 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 all over the place. But it's definitely something new. I don't I don't something fresh. Uh, and I, I don't I don't know who and what can dupl- duplicate that. But it, it's definitely something uh that caught us off guard here, and a lot of people appreciate it. But we're looking definitely, yeah, we're definitely looking to the new album dropping in February nineteenth. And uh, hopefully you guys will be on stage very soon. Now, speaking of Mystic R's, any particular song that you guys are looking forward to performing live and why?
1: Me personally, it's probably uh, our song that we put out in December called Death Effect uh, featuring uh, Brian Will of uh, Currents. Um, I just really like this song because it just like straight up comes out swinging like 180 BPM like right away. It, it like it's, it's probably the hardest song on the drums that I've written in a really long time and uh, it's just, uh, just full of energy, like it's probably the
0: heaviest song that uh, the band has ever written and I just uh, I think it's really cool well Cody, I, and I can't wait to, to hopefully you guys put their Florida on your uh, on your list there of places to visit uh, whenever the hell we get back to, to normal, hopefully we can mosh pit with a mask, without a mask I don't care <laughs> you know you a it, yeah or a bubble. <laughs> you know they're gonna have to put in. you know the little bubbles that they they put people inside and they just roll around like a like a hamster i think they're gonna have to put us in one of those but whatever as long as you can mosh pit that's what's important and we need to release a lot of this stuff that we've been holding in here cody i want to thank you for your time uh, again mystic Arts drops february 19th ascent like wolves you could check out their previous released albums back in 2013 2016 catch up on their music also their singles um and uh check out the videos and check out some of the merchandise as well available i know it's always uh, good to to share some love to you guys since you guys have been away from the stage anything else you want to share yeah cody anything else you want to share um no i just appreciate anybody who listens and uh hopefully uh you find something you like in this album so that's my really full cool. All sorts of different tropes of the metalcore genre. Awesome, Cody. Well, make sure to put that there on my, on my workout list and everyone else listening in. Cody, thanks so much. Look forward to the new album. Look forward to checking you on stage very, very soon. Ascent Like Wolves. Check them out. <laughs> cody thanks so much for joining us again on the program really appreciate it and everyone head on over to your favorite streaming service and listen to a scent like Always. good stuff coming out in fact i just tuned into it while working out really hikes the hell out of me i gotta say i, I love just jamming to jam into these new bands while i'm exercising i i really tune in and listen to the the music and the sounds before the interviews but uh i really get into it so uh, really it- it's kind of like a uh Uh, something that I have that I'm able to enjoy alright let's talk UFC mixed martial arts Dustin Poirier I have to go straight from the bat Dustin Poirier defeated Conor McGregor in the second round TKO some were surprised I am not Dustin Poirier has definitely cleaned up his stand up game very strategic was not fooling around was not wasting his shots really cornered McGregor attacked his uh, calf brought him down that calf kick has been so great lately you see so many fighters using it and it really breaks down a fighter and let me tell you if you get kicked down in the calf you're pretty much just out the game (laughs) you're not going to be lasting no five five rounds at five minutes a piece i'll just straight up be honest with you and it was a great tactic now mcgregor uh, did not make any excuse however Uh, Khabib Norma Gadev, the current lightweight champion, uh, although he's retired, we don't really know what the status is. Dana White says he might come back, we might not come back. Whatever, let's just say that he is a champion for the time being. Called out McGregor saying that that's what you get for changing your camps. Now, physically, uh, Conor McGregor looked great. Fighting-wise, Conor McGregor just looked out of place. He was... He took a couple of shots the way he usually fights, being very aggressive and persistent. Uh, but Dustin Poirier really just countered anything that he brought against him and played the fight quite well. The, they both respected each other. That's a great thing. In fact, that Conor McGregor said that he will donate some of uh, his purse to the Dustin Poirier uh, nonprofit that he was uh, supporting. So Dustin Poirier coming out, the man of the hour. Now, what is next for Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor, of course, is the face, I would say, for the UFC. You know, he does get most of the attention. Conor McGregor is needed in the sports of mixed martial arts. Let's just be honest, he brings the attention. Not the greatest of all time, but perhaps when it comes to media and presence, yes, for the, for the UFC. Not much for uh, the Notorious. Uh, maybe perhaps a rematch with Nick Diaz. Dustin probably said, even said, one more round, you know, one more time. They get the trilogy. They're both tied one and one. Same thing with Nick Diaz. Crager now is now, what, 32, 33? Don't know about a title run. I, I definitely. I don't think that if, if even if he were to win, he would have defeated Dustin, he would would he had a chance against Habib? Habib would have. I think would have had the same result. So not much. I think that whatever Connor takes, he has to be very, um, very cautious with what he does. He doesn't want to obtain another loss, uh, knowing that he has that 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 trajectory of that presence. What would you like to see Conor McGregor do next? He did state that he wants to be active. That he he ba- basically blames that for his uh, performance, not being active as much. As you know, he only fought once. This is the first time he fights in a year. Would you see like to see him and Nick Diaz? I I would not mind. You know, I would not mind. He's a very entertaining fighter, and I think that Nick Diaz is a is a great um, opponent for him. They have that history. Why not? And Dustin Poirier, man, I mean, this guy is uh, title-bound. There's no doubt that this guy is title-bound, title and I would not be surprised. He already was the interim champ once. I would not be surprised if he obtains that title once again. But whatever it is, it didn't impress that much to the current champ, Habib Nurmagomedov. If you recall, President of the UFC Dana White stated that he would return Habib, that is, to the octagon if something impressed him uh, at the pay-per-view. But I will say this, why not? Michael Chandler had an impressive debut, defeating easily Dan Hooker. And Habib, you are the GOAT right now in that division, the lightweight division. Why not make a presence, maybe get Michael Chandler fight one more time? I don't know, maybe put him up against Dustin Poirier and the winner gets Habib. Why not? But Michael Chandler definitely made a statement last night defeating his opponent by TKO in a beautiful fashion. So, Habib, I know you had your your personal reasonings behind uh, your departure from the octagon, but, dude, Michael Chandler, I don't know, if he didn't impress you, he sure as hell impressed the world. Maybe we do get to see that match or that fight. Michael Chandler versus Habib for the lightweight championship. We just have to be patient. That being said, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to The Roman Show. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for the love, the support. Follow us on the socials. We'll catch you next week right here on the program. This has been